send for the women. The women who will pray. The women who have talents, gifts, and resources. To do serious damage to demonic agendas. Send for the women. The women who will mourn. The women who haven't allowed bitterness and hate. To turn them into mere mannequins. The women who aren't so downtrodden. That they've forgotten how to feel. Send for the women who still have the ability to feel and cry. So they might wail against what the devil is doing. Send for the women who will weep and wail. The women who will mourn in sackcloth and ashes. Send for the women. The women who will wake up, everyone around them, calling out, the devil is destroying us. Death is on its way. Send for the women who will be God's warning shout to his people, his alarm system, his tornado signal, his air raid siren. The women who God will use to warn his people of the impending consequences of sin. Send for the women who have a God-given destiny to destroy the power of Satan over God's people by waking them up and calling them to a morning of repentance. Women who would teach their daughters to weep against sin and the assault of the devil. Send for the women. Women who have a destiny to open their mouth and cry against the evil that the devil has put upon God's people. Women who have ideas to be voiced, energy to be released, abilities to be exercised, power to be loosed, spiritual gifts to be expressed, prayers to be prayed. Send for the women who look toward the future. To what they can be, what they can do, what they can say, what they can pray, what they can possess that will bring glory to God. Defeat the devil and see a nation saved. Send for the women. Well, hello, and welcome to Coffee Break with God, the podcast where we explore the wonders of faith in everyday life. I'm your host, Monica, and I'm so glad you're here. Each episode, we'll have a conversation with a guest who will share their stories, insights, and wisdom on how they connected with God in the midst of their busy and chaotic world. So grab your favorite cup of coffee, tea, or whatever you like, and join us on a coffee break with God. Well, hello, hello. Welcome to Coffee Break with God. So, hey, if you haven't joined us in the past and you're here, we welcome you. And we just want to say that we have a great story today. It's about renewing the mind. And my guest today is Dr. Karen Lydell, if I pronounce that right. (laughs) Dr. Karen, she is an ordained minister, a licensed clinical pastoral counselor, an author, and an international speaker. She's written a powerful book called Brain Retrain. So we're going to ask her some questions about brain retraining, renewing our mind. Kind of lines up with that scripture, huh? And then she um, she has also done biblical instructions on retraining the brain and the science supporting it. Isn't that a big thing? Science and the Word of God finally lining up, right? Science is the Lord. It is his classroom out there in nature, right? And so we have that. But check this out, you guys. So Dr. Karen, she lived through profoundly traumatic experiences. And we're going to go ahead and ask her about this. That took her from a preacher's kid to new age witch. Yes, I said New Age Witch. So we have a lot of questions today. So without further ado, let's welcome uh, Dr. Karen Lydell. Hi. Hello, Karen. How are you? It's so good to see you today. I'm good. It's good to see you too. I was just going to send you an email and go, just so you know, I'm in there. Yes, I just did the the whole introduction of you. I used your bio, your introduction, and uh, man, it's so good to see you. It seems like we haven't talked in a while. I know. Last time we talked, I was in France. Yes. How was your trip? 
It was amazing. Uh, yeah. I, I made so many wonderful relationships and um, just, you know, of course, the food and, and the history and all that. Oh, it, it was it was really wonderful. Wow. So what is it like part of the ministry or did you go like as vacation or was it both? Um, kind of both. I worked with YWAM over there as a volunteer and I visited some clients that I had and I, I kept my um, coaching and counseling business going while I was over there. But I also oh. got to do a lot of wonderful sightseeing and, and just build some really great relationships. Wow. Okay. What was your favorite spot? What was the most memorable time on this trip? Oh my gosh. Uh, the favorite had to have been walking the Camino in, in Santi to Santiago oh, wow. in Spain. That was amazing. Um, uh -huh. in England, I love being in Bath because there are so many scenes from the, uh, Pride and Prejudice and all the Jane Austen movies have, a lot of them were filmed there. So that was really fun. Um, oh my being, gosh. In in the south of France, just being able to swim every day in the Mediterranean, that was really wonderful. And, and just wow. that whole lifestyle wow. they have over there. Right, right, right. I've been, when I was in the military, you know, I spent a little bit of time of the, the free time that we got to go and travel to different places. And we got to see Switzerland and we got to see Italy and we went up to the oh. Eagle's Nest where where Hitler spent his time up there trying oh, to wow. hide out. So, yeah, so we got to see a lot of different things. And it's amazing just to see the different cultures, you know, that are out there. And and um, it's just, yeah, it's it's beautiful country in Europe. That just, just to see all of that is just totally different. It's like the deep, deep woods out there when you see that is so different than the Pacific Northwest, because that's where I'm at. Right. I've had some people, I've been putting some pictures of North Carolina up, and some of my friends over there have said, you know what, that looks a lot like this one area of France. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, um, Karen, I wanted to talk to you. Um, re your ministry is Renewing the Mind, and it's so, it gripped my attention because I was like, wow, it is something near and dear to my heart that I have been learning in my walk with the Lord of learning that we have to renew our mind in Christ every single day. And it is with the, the renewing through the word of God and walking in what we actually read and, and believing what we believe and are believing in, in what we believe and walking it. And yeah. it is so just enriching to hear someone that says, look, we have to renew the mind every day because you can hear it from the pulpit all the time, but it is actually us, the sheep, that are actually telling each other we need to do this, and it's for a reason, you know. And so that yeah. just really, you know, stuck out with me on top of, oh, my gosh. So you were a pastor's kid. And you went all, I mean, talk about running away from the Lord. I mean, I grew up in a Christian home, but when I, when I joined the military, it was like, God, you stay here. I don't want anything to do with you. And I went yeah. and did my thing and I ran from God. But yours, uh, I mean, from a pastor's kid to running into the new age witch, how does that even come about? We have so many questions today. <laughs> okay. Do you want me just to dive into that? Yes, let's go dive in. And then I'll just, <laughs> you know, kind of throw questions in as we go along. Perfect. Yeah. So I did start out as a pastor's kid and I was saved even at eight years old. I was, they did an altar call and I really felt that, that strong pull. I think I, I might've told you this mm -hmm. before. I, every, for weeks afterwards, I wanted to keep going to the altar call and my mom would pull me down and she'd say, sit down, you're saved. <laughs> but the right. problem I remember was, that one. <laughs> The problem was, I think my parents were so involved in ministry that they weren't involved at home. Um, and and mm -hmm. my dad also was still working full time. He had a, a thriving construction business and he was very stressed out and he didn't handle that stress well. So we did not have a happy home life. 
And uh, so we were really wow. ended up being kind of raised secularly because nobody was really mm-hmm. paying attention to what we were doing. I mean, we definitely knew mm-hmm. how to act right in church, sit up straight, use your manners, you know, be quiet. But mm-hmm. we didn't really have that kind of open communication with our parents where we saw the Bible as like as a wonderful tool or, we, or that we learned to have a relationship with God. You know, kind mm-hmm. of in our church, our, um, it was a lot of rules. It wasn't a lot of relationship. And right, so right. when my parents got divorced, they also kind of went into their own emotional and spiritual spiral where we weren't going to church. And again, that continued um, attitude of, you know, and you have to remember too, this is back in the 70s and 80s when we didn't mm-hmm. have the same mindset about parenting. <laughs> That's my <laughs> era. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. We, we did a lot <laughs> on our own. Um, and when after uh-huh. I got married, actually, and, and went overseas with the military, um, I made a friend who actually drew me into witchcraft. And I wow. saw it at that point as a way to do good. You know, being a white witch and mm-hmm. casting binding spells and uh, reading people's tarot cards and doing the astrology thing. I got really into it. You know, I took classes and bought programs. Wow, yeah. But the deeper I got into it, the more it started to affect me. The more I started to make right. choices based on what I thought I was getting was wisdom, you know, ancient wisdom and insight. But at the end of the day, I mm-hmm, ended up mm-hmm. divorced with three young children and unemployed. So wow. one thing I really wow. like to share with people who are tempted by witchcraft, I want you to know there there is a, a greater power than that power that you might think you're getting from witchcraft. And, and all of that is designed exactly. to lie to you, make you think you're growing in power when actually all the power is being taken from your life. And if you're like me, you'll continue to make decisions that lead you into deeper and deeper despair. Whereas making decisions based on my relationship with Christ, I I am empowered to be filled up inside with love and to make decisions that are wise, truly wise, and actually um, deepen my relationships and give me just better and better experiences over time. But at that point, I did not know that. And so it kind right. of yeah. it kind of culminated in one night um I was doing some psychic readings for some friends and mm-hmm. it was all very accurate because why? Because demons know everything that happened to anybody. So you're when you mm-hmm. do these kind of mm-hmm. things, you're not real you're not getting anything prophetic. You're not getting anything useful. It's a parlor game. So I was getting fed information about uh-huh. My boyfriend's um, a friend. I had a vision where this guy was an artist. He was painting. He told me all this information and he told me to tell my boyfriend Blue Ribbon. And I went and talked to my boyfriend and he said, Yeah, my friend, best friend died a couple of years ago and he was an artist and we used to drink Paps Blue Ribbon. And the same thing with. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so, like I'm saying, though, that's. That's not, we think that's cool because I didn't know that information. It's, but it's only, it's common knowledge in the demonic world, whatever they did two years ago together, you know, demons are, are seeing what we're doing. And the Bible's very clear in Ephesians 6, you know, 10 through 18, that, that our warfare is not against flesh and blood. It is against the spiritual realm of demons and spirit gods. So. Amen. Amen. Um, you know, you really have to watch what's real, what, what crazy you're to. too. Yeah. Yes. And what's crazy is the fact that you said, um, it, you know, you got caught up thinking that it was good because it was white witch, you know, and yeah. there's so many things that even, you know, part of, there was a part of, of my life, um, when I was living in sin, when I was not a Christian, um, that I delved into the psychic and I got on all those networks and to pay them to find out this, that, and the other. Right. And so I remember there was a point I even remember, um, a psychic had got on there and she's like, you know, well, we're here to do good. And I, and I knew I was in a point where I was just, I knew that I was at the bottom 
of the barrel type down in the depths of despair, you know, and I said, I know that you guys work for the devil. So don't even tell me that you are doing God's work. Yeah, that's how like far away I was from the. That's how angry I was with God that I was. I had the nerve to even, you know, even confront the demonic in that aspect was just like shocking. But the fact that I had a heart that was willing to ignore all that and to delve into that was just like. As I look back at it now, I'm like, wow, boy, I was like really angry. I was like defiant and just in sin, you know, but wow. It's just the, the trickery that Satan puts on those that delve into that, that, that psychic, that world, how he lies to them. Yeah. Yeah. You're doing good. This is all good. This is to to help people. Anything that distracts you from God is good for the devil. Right. And right, I, right. I didn't realize them, but I do know now that there is no way I was really talking to people, no matter how much factual information I have, because Ecclesiastes 9 says the dead know nothing that will happen on the earth and they'll never have anything to do with anything under the sun again. So yep. it's very clear. We're not speaking to dead people. We're not channeling any ancient spirits from long ago. We're literally getting fed information from demons. And and they're constantly trying to lead you deeper into a trap. And I know this because yes. that same friend and I were astral traveling that night. And I always tell people, wow. you don't have to believe this. You just have to believe that we believed it. So right. we had left our bodies. We were up in the in the, way up into the um, outer space, and you could see the stars because we had gotten away from the light of the earth. And all mm-hmm. of while we were just admiring it, all of a sudden, rushing at us came this horrible, frightful, demonic, ghoulish. I can't even tell you the evil ness of its face and its claws and it rushed right at us and right before it got right in my face there was a big powerful angel there and like nothing he raised a sword and batted it away as if it was nothing and i quickly wow. asked him what was your name and he said gabriel and now i don't know if there's only one wow. gabriel in of the angels or not but gabriel does mean in addition to being a messenger god sends his name means warrior of god so her and i both were instantly in our bodies and this is how another reason i know it's true we turned to each other we grabbed each other and we both said at the same time did you see that that was the last time i had anything to do with any of this stuff. That's how terrifying when you really face the demonic world, Mm -hmm. that's how terrifying Mm -hmm. it is. Yes. Oh my gosh. I I couldn't even imagine that, you know, just, uh, just to even be elevated that high, you know, there is, there is power in the dark world, you know, and there, if there is a God, then there, we know that there's the enemy. I mean, we read it all throughout the Bible of how the enemy comes to seek, kill and destroy. That's right. And you're just like, my goodness. So what happened after that? What, what did you guys do? So yeah, after, after that, we, you know, we d- we talked about it basically, and I think it just in my own mind. In fact, our our friendship kind of fell apart after that. We both went our our really? own ways. Yep. Um, and you would think, though, even though that turned me off, that the occult it didn't turn me on to Jesus. I mean, I wasn't quite broken enough. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> but I got there. <laughs> I got there pretty quickly. Um, at, at one point, I was just out having a good time. I was partying with friends, and I was deciding that yep. I was going to get on this whole sexual kick, right? Of I am woman, hear me roar. And I, I met this guy at the beach. We had sex, and I got pregnant. Oh, and no. Yeah. And at this point, you know, I already had three children at home, and so I was full mm-hmm. of shame and embarrassment. Mm -hmm. And in in my family, or at least my perception of my family was that having a baby out of wedlock was like one of the trashiest things you could do. 
And again, this is, you know, some years ago. And so he and I had originally talked about having the baby, but he didn't want to get married. He didn't want to participate financially, et cetera. And so I made the decision to have an abortion and Uh he agreed. And when I went into the abortion, I thought I was pro-choice, meaning me. I mean, because of course your child has no choice. And in the midst of it, um, besides the fact they did an illegal abortion uh, for many reasons, including doing Mm -hmm. a same-day abortion, abortion not referring me to a counselor when I said I wasn't sure about my decision, Um, they broke the law multiple ways wow. because what they wanted was my $600. And yes. they told me that flat out, you will not get this money back even if you change your mind. So there's that pressure on you too to go through right. with it. Yes. In the midst, I began yeah, weeping. You, I might as well go through. Exactly. Oh my gosh. And they, of course, they show you videos that are completely ridiculous about a mass of cells and it's just a ball of nothing. And I was 11, 12 weeks along and I'd had children before. I knew the truth, but I didn't want to confront Mm -hmm. the truth because I wanted a way out. And in the midst, I began weeping uncontrollably, besides the fact that it it was an excruciating, horrible, painful situation, Um, not only for me, but obviously for my unborn baby. Uh, But I began grieving in the midst of it. And in my mind, I was saying, stop, stop, stop. And the nurse grabbed my hand and she said, are you crying because it hurts or because you're upset? And I said, both. And um, he finished Uh and I couldn't stop weeping for weeks. I could not stop weeping. And I just knew there was something wrong. I knew it was wrong. I wanted to take it back. I wanted it. They kept, they told me, oh, you'll be hormonal. This wasn't hormonal. This was a a deep spiritual grief I was going through. And so, you know, of course, to deal with it and and fix it and make it all better, I married that guy (laughs) who ended up, you know, having a lot of problems of his own and was very narcissistic. And um, we had many more children, um, one of which who ended up passing away. But before that point, Oh no. Yeah. That abortion actually was my breaking point. It was the point that I finally got overthinking that I knew everything and I was the best judge of how to run my life and was really willing to recognize I needed help and I needed it from somebody greater than any human being because all the human beings told me to do that mm-hmm. and I believe them. And so right. I was in the hospital. And a pastor who knew my husband's family approached me and gave me a Bible. And I was like, I know all about right. the Bible. It doesn't make any sense. Bada, bada, bada. But I took it out of politeness right. and I was waiting on my vehicle board and I opened it up and it was like getting hit. It was like Paul, you know, Saul to Paul. It was like getting hit with a light. I started reading Romans. And I, this was written to me specifically, word for word, to me, about me, for me, instructing me. I knew it was real. It was everything I'd ever wanted. And I haven't put it down since. Mm-hmm. And my husband at that point, um, I mean, he was really terrifying in, the, in our truck that we were driving. He would threaten to leave me on the mm-hmm. side of the road, et cetera. And God just gave me a peace. And he kept speaking in my heart, don't worry about him. Keep your eyes on me. And my husband later told me he knew my transformation was real because I wouldn't fight with him anymore. I just was like, I didn't even care what he said or did. It didn't affect me. Wow. You know, that's like, that's amazing because, you know, a lot of women go through that point. You know, I've spoken with a lot of women where, you know, they get saved, but their husbands aren't. And it's like they try to incite the, you know, the unsaved try to incite the argument and they're trying so desperately hard to let their light shine, to not engage in the argument, you know, and it's so cool how the Lord just puts that peace in us to just, we we have a hunger to, to please him in what we are doing now as one that has accepted the Lord's salvation. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I, I would have loved for that piece to last through our 21 years of marriage, but there actually came a uh-huh. point where the Lord took away that piece and told me I needed to save myself and my kids and I needed to get out. And I fought wow. against it because I had this rules, these regulations in my mind, you know, that oh, I'm married, I, mm-hmm. I can't get divorced. I have right. to keep praying. I have to keep working on myself, you know, because narcissists are so great at convincing you if you would just change, then they would. Yeah. But it doesn't work that yes. way. <laughs> right. Right. Both sides have to change. Yeah. So eventually, um, during this time, the Lord started calling me to go to Bible school. And Uh I went to Bible college and I loved it. I wanted to finish my PhD in Bible studies and just be a scholar. (laughs) (laughs) But then people kept saying, well, what are you going to do with that PhD? Have you prayed? And I kind of felt bad because I hadn't prayed. So I did. Uh And, you know, wouldn't you know it, the Lord said, don't you think that there's a need for good Christian counselors? And I had been a counselor before getting married. I had my master's degree already in in psychology, mm-hmm. and I didn't want to go back into that secular world of hospitalization and giving people diagnoses that are going to follow them. And, you know, because I really believe mm-hmm. if a diagnosis is a, a description of symptoms, which it is, it helps us communicate. But if you don't have the symptoms anymore because you're healed, why do you have to keep carrying that diagnosis around with you? Amen. Amen. Yeah. So um, I fought him for about a day because I gave him a list of things he had to (laughs) resolve for I would ever do this. And I knew I'd already checked it out. I was like, there's no way. There's no way. Well, of course, it was resolved in a day. And um, I was like, okay, you're you're good. You've got me. So I switched uh, to seminary and finished my PhD in Christian counseling. And during this time, Uh, my husband was getting worse and worse and worse. Like the more, and this is what happens with narcissism, the more independent you become, the more threatened they feel. And so Mm. on the surface, you know, of course he would tell everybody, oh, this is so great. I'm so proud of her, et cetera. But at home, he began to get more and more combustive and more abusive in his language mm-hmm. and be gone longer times. And, and I found out later he was having relationships with other people during these long mm-hmm. absences. But then uh-huh. the Lord started bringing me to go study, not only Christian counseling, but to go study neuroplasticity and different methods wow. where we can rewrite our programming, those root core messages that we keep Mm -hmm. living by, even though we keep reading the Bible and saying, okay, but the Lord says I'm worthy, but our unconscious memories that we developed early in childhood say you're not worthy. And if we can't first recognize that that's what's happening and rewrite it, here, I'll give you an example. Uh, my dad approached me. I cut off all contact with my dad at one point and he approached me uh-huh. at my grandmother's funeral and he broke down in tears and he apologized and asked me to forgive him for just, you know, everything, all the stuff that happens. Wow. And I did wholeheartedly. I mean, he had never, I'd never seen my dad like that. And he and I became right. really, really good friends. And he went back into ministry at 73 years old and he's a pastor full time now. Right. So proud of him. Wow. Amen. Yeah. But even though I forgave him, that didn't change the way I was interacting with people. It didn't, it didn't fill me up inside with self-worth. It didn't, you know, make me, um, be able to kind of escape this narcissistic cycle. And I realized, okay, that is very important, but there's got to be other steps. And that's why God had me go learn what are the how-to's. Then he told me, get out from under their instruction. And he told me, go in the word Mm -hmm. now. And he showed me all of these brain retraining instructions in his word, like be transformed by the renewing of your mind or go to 2 Corinthians 10, 5, take your thoughts captive, retrain them to obey the knowledge of God. Or um, in Philippians, where it goes through a whole thing of instead of being worried, first tell God everything about it, pray to him about it. Then tell him exactly what you need. What do you want instead? This is all 
ways to rewire your thoughts. Then begin praising right. and thanking him for it. Right. So now what Amen. I do is I combine all of this based on, you know, if I have a client who's not a Christian, obviously I don't necessarily go into scripture with them first at first. I I help yeah. them out over time right. to be open to it. But but if I have a you know full on Christian, we, we'll do everything. We'll do deliverance, we'll do scripture. But I'm the goal is mm-hmm. always to find those core root beliefs. And we want to compare those to the word of God. And so if right. what you believe about yourself doesn't jive with what God says about you, it is a flat out lie. And we have to accept it's a lie. Whether your parents accidentally gave that to you, whether you as a child, when I was a child, I thought like a child, right? We perceive things as a child. If we don't grow that part of ourselves up and reinterpret the things that happened to us from an adult's mindset, instead of believing they didn't love me, are there other possible explanations? Is it is it really that you weren't loved? And if we don't do that, we keep on responding to the world and seeing it through this filter that is a lie. And people want to believe mm-hmm. their feelings, but feelings mm-hmm. are a product of thoughts and thoughts are a product right. of beliefs. So we have to stop living by our feelings. You know, the Bible says the heart is deceitful above all things. And that's where we're like, oh, just follow your heart. How do you feel? Well, (laughs) how I feel is based on the baloney that I'm accepting as true in my mind, that I have the authority spiritually, and I have the authority over my brain to confront that and change it if I'm willing to take responsibility for what's happening inside of me. Yeah. Oh man, that is so true. Cause I know like when I first became a Christian, I would, um, uh, my, I'm just going to use my best friend as an example. And, and she would always come and say, you know, I really, I really feel like this is going to happen in the church or we, you know, that the church teaches us to say, I feel like I'm supposed to tell you this. And instead I used to tell her, why is it that we feel it's either God told you or he didn't? He instructed you to do something or he didn't. And I think even just with the emotions, I mean, and and correct me if I'm wrong, you're just, I go by now what the word of God tells me to do, whether I feel like it or not, you know, and our emotions are, yes, human nature, but the word of God is the spiritual walk that we are supposed to be walking in as the body of Christ. Absolutely. And, you know, I think it's great that God gave us emotions because it's good information. Mm -hmm. Sometimes if I'm angry, I'll stop and say, okay, what am I angry about? Um, Is this Mm -hmm. because um, I'm having my own selfish thought? Is this a perception problem? Like, well, maybe that's not what they meant. Let me check that out. Or is this alerting me that something needs to change? So instead of Mm -hmm. staying in anger, you say, okay, now that I realize I'm angry, what do I want to do next to deal with this so I don't stay stuck in anger? I feel like sometimes people are just in love with their their grief or their anger. And, And speaking of grief... Back to the child we lost, um, I found out at 18 weeks that this baby was not going to live. And in fact, I began to be pressured by the doctors from that point on to abort him. And I'd already been there, done that. I already knew that doesn't solve problems. And now I knew that, you know, Psalms 139 says that God plans every single child and the days are known from the beginning to the end, you know, beforehand. And that right. he, he planned wonderful works for us to do. So yes. I would say to them, I don't know how long any of my children are going to live. And I know you don't know how long he's going to live, mm-hmm. but God does know. So I'm going to love right. this baby every day of his life. And because mm-hmm. I made that decision, I received many, every single miracle I asked for, except one. So contrary to what they told me, 
you know, and they told me I'm a drain on the state's resources and I'm wasting oh time gosh. and um, I'm putting this baby through more pain and it's going to, he's going to suffocate when he's born because he won't have lungs. Well, he, even though I had no amniotic fluid, he still moved a lot, like a little linebacker. Wow. He moved in there. <laughs> he was born on his due date. He was just shy of five pounds. Wow. He had lungs. He cried. He nursed. Amen. And we even were able to take him to um, Children's Hospital to, to potentially have um, heart surgery so they could start addressing some of his many, many problems. Um, unfortunately, uh -huh. The medicine they used shredded his little lungs. And so 25 hours after Aww. his birth, our Matthew passed away in our arms. Aww. And that was tough because I was going to believe, oh, you know, I was going to be the faithful warrior. <laughs> I was going to believe I was going to show everybody that, you know, by faith, everything, you can do everything through Christ. Right. And so God and I had a, had a crossing place at that point again in my life. Right. And I knew right. that I could let my heart go cold the way the Bible says in the final days, some will let their hearts grow mm -hmm. cold. I knew I had yes, that choice. Many. And I made a decision uh -huh. that even though I didn't understand why, that I was going to trust God and love him anyway, because I knew if I fell away, all of my kids were, because I was the spiritual leader of our home, unfortunately. I mean, I'm glad I was. It just would uh -huh. have been nice if I had a, a partner in that spiritual leading. Correct. So Correct. Um, the great thing is that at his funeral, the house was packed. And Aww. many people went to the stage and they said, watching us walk through that with faith bolstered their faith. So what I came oh, to wow. decide to believe was that the Bible says everybody has a time to live and a time to die. And I believe mm -hmm. Matthew lived his time and he fulfilled his purpose and he pointed other people to Jesus. Yes. Amen. Amen. What, you know, what a miracle. What, you know, God says that he will do all these things that we ask for, but it's for us to believe that and accept that it, it is in God's perfect time so that he gets all the glory in the end. And that's exactly what happened with this story. You just got, you know, little Matthew served his purpose in showing the others to just believe in the Lord. You're just, wow. Yeah. And you I know, love the way along God's the way, glory. God did give me so many miracles so that I could see He's hearing me. He's answering my prayers. But at the end of the day, yeah. you know, Matthew's life is going to be what Matthew's life is, just like all my other kids. Right, right, right. So I want to go back to um, real quick. What keeps hitting hitting the brain here is when when you decided to give your life to the Lord, how did you deal with or did you have that time where you had to deal with the demonic attack because you left the psychic world. Yeah. And do you there mean in terms to, of was there a spiritual battle in there? You know, there there was not. I mean, I think I have had the same spiritual battles everybody does, in that um, you know, the demonic continues mm -hmm. to try to talk to your mind. You know, it goes one way. They can talk to you, but they right. cannot read your mind. Um, and I, I get that from right. Ephesians six seventeen, where the the helmet of salvation protects our thoughts from lies. Right. So um, exactly, exactly. Yeah, but no, for me, wow. I mean, it was over. It was over at that one time, and then when I began to read the Bible more, I went through times of repenting. You know, just making sure I was really cleaned up, that I broke mm -hmm. all those ties. I didn't want to carry anything forward. Um. Because even mm -hmm. since then, there there was, in fact, a um, during all this time that was going on with my husband when we were moving into divorce, and it 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 was horrible and it was mm -hmm. frightening, and um, my kids were having problems. He was, unbeknownst to me, trying to align my kids with him against me, and to me, to me, of course, he was telling me, "Oh, this is horrible. Wow. What's going on with the kids? Oh, yeah, we got to do something." But I found out later. Uh, that he was actually mm -hmm. inciting it and instigating it. 
So during that time, I had a series of dreams in which, and and this, I do believe that witches and the demon and, and actual witches will attack you through your dreams. I've heard this from other pastors. I've heard this from other people. So I kept having a dream that I would wake up in a house and go downstairs to the living room and find a witch in there. And I knew it was a witch. Oh my gosh. And I each time was enraged and I rushed at her and I would grab her and I'd be like, in the name of Jesus. And it would be like, she would be attacking me and I couldn't hardly get it out. And I was like, the name. And finally, when I said Jesus, I would wake up like that. And it was so powerful. I truly believe there was witchcraft coming against me Mm -hmm. and my household. Mm -hmm. And so- Every time, that's what I would do. I, I I can't even believe I had the courage in my dreams of being so terrified. I was so enraged. How dare you come into my house? How right. dare you come into my dreams? Mm-hmm. And so I just, the mm-hmm. word of the name of Jesus immediately broke it. And um, yeah, after that, power. it stopped. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I, that, yeah. Jeez. I had... Um... My biological father, his dad, um, was a warlock. And so we dealt with a lot of that in the family. And so even coming coming yeah. to the Lord, for me, it was dealing with all of that and to go, okay, as for me in my house, we are going to serve the Lord. I had to pray over my kids all the time to stop anything that would have came down the line, you know. Yeah. And just pray the blood of Jesus over the kids and and walk even to this day, you know, I'm like I have a twenty six year old and a twenty one year old. It's still <laughs> watching. Yeah, yeah. And paying attention to things and, and going, okay. I play the blood, prayed the blood of Jesus over my household all yes. the time, you know. And, That's so powerful. But, and I, um, I don't think people understand how much authority with the blood of Jesus we do have. I mean, God has told us so many things right. to do. He, when he left, the Lord said, everything I've done, you're going to do even greater things because the Holy Spirit exactly. is coming. So, um I think we need to not be the powerless victims that sometimes some Christians can be because they just don't know. And other times I think, you know, as human beings, I think we can be a little bit apathetic or maybe lazy. We want, we want to take the pill Mm -hmm. or we want somebody else to pray for us. We don't want to go into that warfare that we really need to do over our own minds, our own bodies. And our households. I refuse to tolerate anything going on inside of me that I don't want. I don't, I may not always get the Mm -hmm. instant healing. It may take time, but I do, Mm -hmm. I'm very, very proactive because I I take it seriously that God gave me this body and mind for me to manage. Right. Right. And it's, you know, and even Paul. Paul had, you know, went to the Lord and wanted that. He had that sight. There was a, I can't, I can't remember. Yeah, something to do with his eyes, some kind of illness or. Yeah, he had, there was a something and he always went to the Lord and wanted relief from the Lord. And the Lord was telling him, no, that's to keep you humble, you know. Yeah. And it is. And so we do, we deal with that things. And, and, and I think. That was actually a demonic attack going on that he said, no, I'm mm-hmm. going to let that stand. But he also did have a sickness. And I, I love that that shows even Paul had an illness yep. that continued yep. on longer than he wanted it to. And I, I think if we didn't mm-hmm. have that example, we would think, oh, you know, Paul didn't understand, or if only I could be good enough, all my sickness would get healed. All my issues would get healed at once. Mm-hmm. And that's not the case. Right. You know, and, and, you know, even for some of us too, where we are going through things, you know, I've talked to women where they have had miscarriages or abortions and, and the shame and the guilt that they have felt over over the years. But then it's like what the enemy meant for evil, God Mm -hmm. meant for good. And he turns their whole story around. And it's actually sometimes to walk through something like that 
is to be able to minister to some others that are going through it and that there is a leading them to to Christ and to to allow to set the captives free you know to be able to share your testimony i mean that's really what it's really all about is our our testimony yeah of what the goodness of god does in each of our lives and to encourage either iron sharpens iron you know or the fact that it is witnessing to the world and to win the lost souls, you know, and it's yeah. just amazing to see everybody's stories and how it's just God had flips them and the work and the redeeming hand that he has in each of our lives is just, you know, so amazing and just like, wow, you know, it's just, yeah. I just, I'm in awe with all of these stories you know yours especially it is just it it is a renewing of the mind every day and sometimes four or five times a day that we have to do it you know yes you know and that we're so blessed that we have that word of god that's living that we can open mm -hmm. it and every day be instructed or be encouraged or be given some i often get very specific um, you know, instructions that I know something's going uh-huh. on and I'll read my word and I'm like, Oh, I understand what to do now. Right. Right. It is. It, it's um, there's, and what's really neat too about reading the word of God is that as we read it the first time and we, and we take it in and it's just like we're a sponge, but then from then <laughs> on, as you go through and read it um, over the years and, and reread throughout the years, it's like, <gasps> I never knew. I don't remember this. You know, it's because it's, it's alive. It is the living word, you know, and he, it's, it sticks out where we need it the most at that perfect time in our hearts and our, in our situations in life, you know, and it's just amazing to just see God's hand, you know, in your life. But, um, in your, um, Tell me a little bit about your, your renewing your mind organization and and what you are doing. Are you counseling? Just is it just anybody, or is it just women that you are drawn to that the Lord calls you to them? Or I work with anybody who wants to work with me. I've worked with with children, with <laughs> adults, with couples. I love to work with couples. I do I do temperament mm-hmm. counseling with couples because. Um, a lot of couples, we just get married based on our emotions. <laughs> we don't get married right. often really <laughs> saying, are we truly compatible? Do we truly have similarities in our, our, our social needs, our, our control and responsibility needs, and in our affection needs? And th- those are big. I mean, for right. example, you know, my whole family, we did our temperament assessment and it was like, oh, this totally makes sense. so but yeah i do and i i love to writing books is like my passion i love to try to give people very practical tools and so i've written Mm -hmm. a book on brain retrain and on the way that i do Mm -hmm. i also wrote my whole story in there and i also wrote a gratitude journal because there's so much research into the effect of gratitude which is why the bible says in all things pray with thanksgiving right? Because the Lord is constantly trying to help us rewire our brains. Uh, Mm -hmm. But yeah, people, I I work with groups as well. I go and speak and teach concepts to groups. I, I go to, I'm an interim pastor at our church. So I'll go in and do a teaching or a preaching, whatever you want to call it. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just really love to see people set free. Right, right. And and Karen, if if somebody wants to seek you out, you know, or even to get um check your material out, where would they go? Yeah, thank you. So a really easy way to contact me is through my website, which is www.thebrainretrain.com. Uh they can also email me at thebrainretrain at gmail.com. They can also find my books on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, I've got Instagram and, and you know what? Go to my YouTube channel. It's Dr. Karen Liddell. I have all kinds of free videos on there about a lot of these concepts. Oh, wow. And I even have a free follow along at home session 
on biblical brain retraining, that you can just sit down and listen and follow the instructions and you will get a change if, if you want to. Wow. Okay. I really appreciate that. I want to um, make sure I'm going to um, get all of those links on your information packet here. And I'm going to add that all to the description so that all of the followers and listeners, if they want to go ahead and check you out, that the, all the information is there and they can look you up. And And Karen, I just wanted to say thank you so much for your story. And it has blessed me, if anything, it has blessed me to keep going, to renew my mind and to trust the Lord in everything that I do. So I just wanted to say thank you so much for your story. Thank you so much for having me, Monica. It has been such a pleasure. And may God just really bless this work you're doing. You are reaching people and you are changing hearts. Oh, thank you so much, Karen. And you have a blessed day. Thanks, you too. Well, thanks for joining us for Coffee Break with God, a podcast for anyone who wants to grow in their faith and discover the amazing with our guests from different backgrounds, perspectives, and walks of life. So whether you need a shot of inspiration or a dash of encouragement, even a scoop of reflection. I hope this podcast is your perfect companion for a coffee break with God. Till next time, who's up for a second cup of coffee? Hey everyone, I just want to take a quick minute. I hope that you're enjoying this episode. I really appreciate you taking the time and listening to my podcast. Wherever you listen to your favorite, I'm honored to be able to share that time with you. But hey, I wanted to let you know, I have my own webpage on Captivate. And I'm going to leave the link in the description below. But if you were to join me on my page you have some perks that are coming to you what kind of perks you say well if you would subscribe for eight bucks a month i will give you bonus content my extra show that i have and then on top of that you'll get 24 hour early access to all the shows that the public already gets and then i'll even throw in an extra perk if you have your own business you could send me the name of your business and I'll shout it out on this podcast at the cost of eight bucks. It's a deal in itself. I understand that if you don't want to subscribe just yet, hey, just buy me my favorite drink. I have two of them, actually. One is a cold coffee first thing in the morning. I love a caramel macchiato. And my other favorite summertime drink is a lotus banana blueberry chai. Oh, that's my favorite drink. Just hit the tip button and go ahead and leave me a tip and just buy me a drink. All right. With all of that, I just want to say thank you. And let's get back to the show.